Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata with a word about being single. And welcome to Johnny and Friends, and thanks for spending these few minutes with me as I tell you about my friend who is single. Her name is Betsy, and you've never met a more contented Christian than this woman, which is extraordinary when you learn how much Betsy loves children. She's in her 60s now, but I remember when she was in her late, oh, I don't know, 30s, maybe early 40s, Betsy really struggled. There were no prospects of any man on the horizon. No one was calling her up for a date on Friday night, knocking on her door. But I was amazed at the way she handled that challenging time of being single. She went ahead, got her master's degree, even at her late age. She got her degree in childhood counseling, and bless Betsy's heart, she may be single, but she is not going to let that discourage her. This woman has made the best of her single years by counseling troubled teens and children, hundreds of them, and many of them have come to Christ. It's like uh, Isaiah 54 says, More are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Well, my friend Betsy is such an amazing example of that. You know, much has been written in Christian circles about being single. The objective is usually to either, you know, chide those who are married for misunderstanding singles or to empathize with unmarrieds as they bear the cross of plan B for their lives. Yet singles, like all believers, need scriptural instruction seasoned by grace and kindness, especially if you're single and feeling discontent about it. And the first bit of instruction that's so important is this. Every problem is a theological problem. It's not that hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn, but that life has no tragedy like our God ignored. If you're single and you long to be married, God is not being less good to you than he is to your friend who just tied the knot and now has an adoring husband, a beautiful home, a spa bath, and new corning wear. It is a cosmic impossibility for God to shortchange any of his children. God is always good to you, and his plan for you is for his highest glory and for your most profound good. Accepting singleness is to celebrate the life God has given you. You are not single because you are too spiritually unstable to, you know, possibly deserve a husband, nor because you are too spiritually mature to possibly need one. You are single because this is God's best for you. And if you are single and doubting that you really have the gift of being single, (laughs) don't worry, you have it. Like I said, it's a cosmic impossibility that anything could be better for you right now than being single. You're a single Christian, not a Christian single. Don't forget who you are, and especially whose you are. You're a single Christian. Your identity is not found in your marital status, but in your redemption status. You are one of the haves, not one of the have-nots. And please don't forget that. You know, if the insights I've shared have been encouraging, please know that I barred them all from my friend Paige Benton Brown, who penned these thoughts when she was in her 30s and single. She wrote a marvelous essay titled, Singled Out for God for Good. And I'd love to send you a copy of her essay, which we put into a booklet. Just go to my radio page at johnnyandfriends.org when we're finished and ask for your free copy of Paige Brown's booklet on singleness. Finally, don't forget who you are and especially whose you are. You're a single Christian. Your identity is not found in your marital status, but in your redemption status. 